get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. That's Alex Ferrario. He's Tanner Hendrickson, and I'm Brandon Kiley. I'm always happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line when Jeff Passan, MLB insider for ESPN, is joining the show. He is the author of The Arm. You should check that out on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Jeff, we always appreciate the time, man. How you doing today? I'm doing great, gentlemen. How are you? Doing fantastic. So, Jeff, let's start out with uh, the Cardinals because... Uh, it's been a rough week for the birds after a couple of losses against Milwaukee. I read your piece the other day about the contenders and their schedules that are remaining. And you at the end had a little bit of an addendum about how you didn't view the Cardinals as a real contender, justifiably so, but you wanted to add in that their schedule was kind of light through the rest of August. How do you view the Cardinals now after a couple of losses against the Brewers head to head? Uh, the same way that I did before when Cardinals fans got angry that I didn't include them, even though they've been a completely uh, middling and mediocre team all season long, which is fine. Cardinals fans are provincial. I get it. They get angry at me. They think I don't like the Cardinals. Uh, I don't like mediocre baseball. That's all. And, and that's what the Cardinals are. And that's like, uh, it's not fine. It, it's not okay. It's not good for, for people in town. You can see that reflected by the, number of people who are attending the games these days. Um, but to, to be uh, on the on the side where you get angry when the Cardinals aren't included with playoff teams um, means you are either uh, blind to the reality of what this team is right now um, or duplicitous in trying to argue that the Cardinals need more shine uh, but then going and complaining about just how mediocre they actually are. So, Jeff, what's missing from this Cardinals team to put them back in that spotlight? I mean, we've had the argument on our show a couple of times where, you know, some feel like it's, you know, a couple pieces away and the others feel like it's a couple of seasons away before they can get back to this. I mean, they always feel like they're a couple pieces away, right? And and then they're not. And And I think... Listen, having Jack Flaherty healthy for the whole season would have been great. Like the the oblique strain there was uh, uh, really sad to see because the start that he was off to, and even what he's done since he's come back. Like he is a high level. I'm not going to call him a number one yet, uh, but has the ability to be a number one. And I'm not calling him a number one just because my threshold there is extraordinarily high. Uh, but, but Jack Flaherty is a guy who you run out on opening day every year and feel good about that. Adam Wainwright's been fantastic, uh, as far exceeded expectations. And I don't know if Adam Wainwright, I don't think he's ever going to make the hall of fame 
just because the peak wasn't quite there. But he is very firmly planted in the Hall of Very Good. And and seeing him do this at this age, uh, pretty awesome. And, and, you know, Kwang Hyun Kim, when when he's pitched, uh, has been solid. Uh, but but beyond that, it's the same frustrating stuff that you guys see every day. It's the walks, the hit-by-pitch. It's the, just all of the additional base runners that the Cardinals seem extremely inclined to to give the opposing team. Um, they, they need to get better pitching, and, and that's not to discount the hitting either, which has just been okay. And that's been the problem with the lineup for the last few years, has it not? There's yeah. just... It's okay. It's, okay. it's like blah. No are, it's blah, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, no, like, no, listen, I'm okay with blah if blah scores runs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I see... I see a pathway here. I don't think Paul Goldschmidt's a star anymore. And that's fine. He can be a perfectly reasonable, like, fourth banana on a contending team. Um, Nolan Arenado's really good still. Uh, and I think he's going to continue that. But he's also not a guy whose on-base percentage is ever going to be, you know, sky high. I mean, you, you look at the on-base percentages for this team right now, guys, and there's not a single player on the Cardinals who gets on base more than 35% of the time. It's tough to score runs when you don't get on base. That's a very simple fact of baseball. And, and this Cardinals team uh, does not get on base enough to, to make up for uh, the, the relative lack of power that it's got. And Jeff, that's why when, when we get text on our text line or we're talking with fans, a lot of the time they'll bring up, well, there's there's a shortstop market this offseason uh, that is extraordinary. And some of the top talents in the sport are going to be available in free agency. Now, it's worth reminding everybody that is not typically the market that the Cardinals spend in. They don't like getting into the auctions and they're not typically in on those eight plus year deals. What do you think the asking price is going to look like for those guys that are at the top of the shortstop market this offseason? Oh boy. I think, uh, you know, I think some of it honestly depends on how they finish and what their postseasons look like. So sure. uh, I think, I think Carlos Correa, uh, believe he's the youngest of the group and is having the best season. So, uh, he's probably going to want the most, um, you know, Corey Seager would, would look awfully good with the Cardinals, uh, as would Correa, as would Trevor story, uh, as would Javier Baez. Let, let's just get that out of the way. I think a- any team would be lucky to have any of those four guys. But in terms of, of what they're going to get in free agency, I think Correa is probably going to be shooting highest. Uh, Seager, we have to remember, represented by Scott Boris. And uh, Seager has, has been the kind of guy who, uh, when he's, you know, when all of them are at their best, I think Seager's best is the best of all of them. So, uh, you're looking for, for upside, Seager's probably going to be your guy there. Story, uh, I, I don't anticipate Story's going to wind up in in St. Louis if they even do go after a, a shortstop. But, um, you know, he's, he's certainly going to be in the nine-figure range. And Javier Baez could take a year and, and try and build up his value. But the reality is if, like, as, as frustrating as Javier Baez can be because of all the swing and miss 
and because he doesn't walk and because of all these things. At the end of the year, you look at him, guys, and he still is like a two-plus win player at this point and has a chance to, to go even higher than that. So the, the idea of Javier Baez wanting a nine-figure contract is not at all far-fetched. So uh, if the Cardinals are going to go out and get a shortstop, it's going to cost a lot more than Paul DeYoung's contract did. Does the success, Jeff, of the Milwaukee Brewers this season, obviously running away with the NL Central, it seems like, and then you got the Cincinnati Reds who are still a bit above the Cardinals. Does the success in the NL Central, you think, make the Cardinals a little bit more aggressive this offseason? No. I don't know. You know, I, I, I've never seen the Cardinals operate based on what others are doing. So if they are as a response to what's going on in the central, then it's going to be a massive departure from where they've been. Um, that, that's just not the, the, the organizational tenant. That's not the way that they operate. And so I don't anticipate there's going to be anything that changes that uh, unless, and, and we can't discount this, uh, the attendance at Bush stadium this year and the frustration in the Cardinals fan base spurs ownership to, to change its tack. Now that's a possibility, but you also have a, a situation where if you're, if you're not re- if you're the Cardinals and you're not reading the room right now, you can say attendance is down because of COVID and blame it strictly on that. And you know what? I actually think there's some merit and validity to that. I think there are people who uh, rightly or wrongly are afraid to go to an outdoor baseball game. And that's fine. But that to me is not the sole reason that the attendance is paltry enough at Bush stadium right now that Jack Flaherty felt compelled to say something publicly. I, uh, you know, listen, I'm 300 miles away from you guys. So this is just what I'm seeing from afar and hearing from friends who are Cardinals fans, um, this feels different, though. This feels different than years past where it's been, okay, it's the Cardinals' way. They'll figure it out. They've been good enough. They've earned our trust, and they've earned this rope. Um, All the slack from that rope, by the sense that I get, feels like it's gone. Am am I, like, am I off there? No, no. Jeff, you're completely right on. We actually were just talking about um, Jack Flaherty's comments from last night in our previous segment, and I think you're absolutely right on. Cardinals fans are kind of fed up of this mediocrity that we've seen now for really basically since 2015-ish. It's been about five or six years now that the Cardinals have been kind of stuck in this this treadmill of mediocrity. And so the the follow-up question that I was curious about, and we're talking to Jeff Passan of ESPN here on 101 ESPN for another couple of minutes. Do you think that they do need a little bit of a departure from the norm? You said that it's going to take something to push them in that direction. Do you think that's necessary at this point to change the way that they kind of operate? And I think the problem with with this is that if you're going to have a, a change in operations, um, it, it needs to be organization-wide. And, and what I mean by that is player development as well. And um, – if if you are changing something like that, it's not going to be the short-term panacea 
that fans are looking for. Like one, one thing that the Cardinals always have done extraordinarily well is develop guys from within and, and have a, a farm system that is constantly producing good big league players. Um, if you look over the last few years, how many good big league players have, have come from internally? Uh, Dylan Carlson, I think, is going to be a guy. Like, I, I think he's probably the, the best one that the system's produced in a while. Um, Tommy Edmonds, fine. I think Tommy Edmonds a big leaguer. I, I think he's a, you know, a good utility guy. I don't know if he's ever going to be a star. Um, but you, you look in, in the, in the rotation and in the bullpen, uh, Flaherty, Reyes, um, you know, does Ryan Helsley even count? Like he's all right. There's just not a lot that's come from within. And so if there are going to be some changes, I think the changes aren't just, Hey, build a wit, go out and spend some freaking money which is the very easy thing for fans to say, to think, to want, let's go and do this at the big league level right now. Um, no, if, if there's going to be change, it needs to be structural, institutional change. And I, I think that right now, um, you know, there are plenty of fans out there who just want to sit there and say, fire Mo. Um, I, I, I think that is, uh, the sort of thing that's very easy to do because when things aren't going right, you just want heads to roll. Um, at, at the same time, though, something needs something needs to change. And if things don't change, uh, then all of a sudden regime changes, to me, become at least a reasonable part of the conversation. And there are Cardinals fans who are going to argue that uh, because they haven't gotten to a World Series in 10 years, um, because you know they're having a down season, and by the way, they're down season. They're still under five, or still over five hundred right now. Um, that things need to change. Uh, I'm not there yet, but there needs to be in this game that is constantly evolving. Uh, a, a, at least an inkling of that evolution manifesting itself in a way that's going to help them win ball games. Yeah, and and kind of relate off of that it's not just the fact that they haven't had a whole lot of guys that have developed through the system it's where they are now like the guys that have developed many of them are playing for other teams right now so it's that talent evaluation and development and then where they end up going and and trading them or dfaing them or basically just giving them away for free that's that's the other part that's so frustrating i think for a lot of fans I, I, and I get that. Uh, and, and look, uh, Nolan Gorman's going to be here soon, and I think he's going to be good. Uh, Matt Libertor is going to, I don't know if it's going to be soon, but he, he, will, he will be up certainly within the next year. And um, I don't think he's a frontline guy, but I think he's going to be a solid rotation guy. Uh, to me, the, the interesting guys are, are the Jordan Walkers and, and the Mason Wins and the Yvonne Herreras of the world and, and seeing how they develop. I, I think Walker has a chance to be a real star. And uh, that's the kind of guy who, if he can get through the system uh, and get to the big leagues sooner than later, uh, he's a game changer. Last thing for you, Jeff, and we'll get you out of here on this. And thanks so much for the time today. How is Mike Schilt viewed? Uh, I don't know if you've had any conversations with people around the league, but if you have, how is Mike Schilt viewed as a manager out of curiosity? 
I I gotta be honest, guys. Like I I don't think there that people in modern baseball have like distinct managerial rankings. There are some guys um, who have really good reputations, like Craig Council, someone who's extremely well regarded among managers. I, I think people, you know, uh, people in front offices see Kevin Cash in the way that. You know, the, despite the the Blake Snell debacle last year, um, the, the way that Kevin Cash has handled uh, so much of what the Rays have done uh, has been positive. You don't hear that kind of thing about Mike Schilt, but uh, I, I don't know that you would be expected to, because Mike Schilt is a he's a lifer. You know, he's a guy who the skills he brings are different. And, and I think the, the stuff you hear about Mike Schilt is, uh, is more on the side that can't be measured, the, the way that he runs a clubhouse and uh, the way that he will come out publicly and, and talk, as, you know, like he did earlier this year with, uh, with the sticky stuff. Um, there, you know, I, I think that Mike Schilt is seen as, uh, not coming from a dying breed per se, but he's he's the lifetime manager, and those guys uh, I, I think get a short shrift sometimes because they may not embrace analytics the same way that other managers do. But it doesn't necessarily make them lesser than. And and to to sit here and to suggest that if the Cardinals had a new school manager. They would be in any different position than they are right now is absolutely silly to me. Uh, I I don't think uh, the manager honestly makes that big of a difference to turn a mediocre team into a good one. And we're with you, Jeff. That's a conversation that we've been having quite a bit this year. Passing, you're the best man. Appreciate it as always. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today. All the best, and we'll talk with you hopefully again soon, my man. All right, boys. Have a good one. With Black Friday savings at the Home Depot, you'll find top brand kitchen appliances with innovative features that can do more so your holidays can be more. Ovens with built-in air fryers for baking the perfect cookies. Dishwashers with smart tech to clean everything from bakeware to festive mugs. And high-capacity refrigerators to keep leftovers fresh. Shop Black Friday savings and get up to 30% off, plus instantly save up to $750 on select GE kitchen packages at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Offer valid November 2nd through November 30th. U.S. only. See store or online for details. Science proves quality sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to help keep you both effortlessly comfortable. And it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool. So you're at your best for yourself and those you care about most. Life-changing sleep, only from Sleep Number. It's our ultimate Sleep Number event. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed plus special financing, only for a limited time. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details.